Welcome to Life Karma. We're digging us some Michael Hedges tonight. Does feel good. Very really good. Very talented guitar player that is not with us anymore, but he had some sick music. Yeah, this guitar <clears throat> reminds me of Jimi Hendrix. The, the at least the feeling it gives you gives you that certain feeling where you're just like it, it definitely makes you feel some kind of mood and definitely that kind of mood tonight yes yes very it's an much interesting so. interesting night welcome to utah where we have the virus yes one of our utah jazz live and well we just found out not very long ago rudy gobert has it our they canceled the center they canceled the entire nba season I'm just wondering if he went like did a quick trip to France or something or Italy. Maybe he wants some pizza. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's almost like you got to make jokes about it just to like be able to get through oh, yeah, about it. You got to have a light heart about it. It's I don't know. a crazy town. I no. guess it's um, it's not a you. Like it, usually viruses and these kind of things affect young people and old people, right? Mm -hmm. They're saying young people are sort of immune to it and it's more an L. That That's the what I was, yeah, the average age of someone that um, passes away from this virus is 80. And if you're older with compromised immune systems, it puts you much higher at risk. And we learned tonight that Tom Hanks and his wife have coronavirus. Oh, geez. They're in Australia. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it's getting everywhere. But wash your hands and don't touch your face. And don't or be in others. crowds. <laughs> yeah, or others' faces. <laughs> and I wonder don't, if Uber will take a hit from this. Well, I don't know. A lot of people, they, packed, they, they canceled the Pac-12 conference. Uh, oh, championship they did. they did, so I just found that tonight. Well, um, they can of course cancel my son's March, soccer tournament in Vegas yep. this weekend. March Madness is canceled yep. except for friends and family. So a lot of people are going to be hanging out with their TVs. So and <sighs> that, then uh, that and the internet, that and the internet, yeah. So and podcasts and podcast. <laughs> so we're going to double down on our podcast because might as well, might as well, might as well. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Oh, what a week! I got a root canal this week. Um, which is stupid. Don't, I don't recommend that, but it's, I guess it's my own fault, whatever. But I found out my roots are so long. They went up into my sinuses. Oh my word. That's and, why your sinuses were infected. <clears throat> yeah. And infected my sinuses. Thanks a lot. Dang roots. it. Dang it, Jim. <sighs> Anyways. So I wanted to start out with something that's very inspiring to me this week. Please share. Pray yeah. tell. <laughs> is that even proper English? Pray tell. Pray tell. Please, Please share. share. Yes. What have you done? Um, let's, <laughs> our uh, history channel. I don't know why I, lo I love that channel. Um, George Washington special. And there's Jimmy Carter in there. And he says something very profound about George Washington. He says, John Taylor. No, John Adams. Sorry. John Adams went to Harvard. Thomas Jefferson went to William and Mary. And George Washington went to war. Oh, I love that quote. We should make a t-shirt out of that. Oh, it's already in the works. Yes. Because I'm like, dang, that's awesome. Yeah. That justifies every person that has ever felt stupid for not going to college. Yeah. It also talks about the importance of practical living and practical leadership and experience. Experience what you learn in the, in the battle of life. And you're going to fail. Matter of fact, failure is required for success and he failed he did repeatedly and then he but he learned that's the key but he want you know the key uh, too that i kept got from this is he wanted to learn i think too many times we fall down or come up against something and we don't want to learn from it i don't know if consciously we're that way but i think at least subconsciously sometimes we're like yeah i don't i just don't want to do that anymore yeah, you know, you know, what's interesting is I had a coaching session with a team of people yesterday and um, um, this person stood up and, you know, thought he had all the answers. And, and I said, well, I don't understand your answers. And uh, he said, well, uh, well, I don't understand you. And I said, well, I was pretty clear on what I talked about. I said, everybody else in this room understands. He goes, I've been doing this business for 39 years and blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, I don't really care about that. I said, because what you just wrote down is not a good goal. I have no idea what it is. And uh, good goals have gaps. And this yeah. has no gaps. This is like 
What do you mean by gaps? Tell me. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what he said. What do you mean by gaps? And I had spent two hours the day before. The week before talking about it. So usually when you have a goal, you have a beginning. See, that's so funny to me is like you spent all this time. Like immediately I'm like, yeah, what's a gap? And you're like, yeah, I spent the whole freaking two days before telling this guy. That's the whole point. It's funny because um, he said that I didn't clarify it. And I said, well, Mm -hmm. on page so-and-so on my slide, let me tell you what I told. It's um, always someone else's freaking fault. Exactly. I said, well, a gap on a goal is a beginning. You have a point A and you have a point B by some time frame, And the bigger the gap, the bigger the goal. So for instance, I want to lose 40 pounds this year. I want to go from 310 to under 270 by December 31st, 2020. I've already lost 10. I need to lose 30 more. The gap is 40 pounds. It's the spread. Mm-hmm. And when you have goals that don't have gaps, like I want to make the world a better place. Like how do you, de- you know, uh, Socrates said the beginning of wisdom is found in the definition of terms. Like, what does it even mean to have world peace? Yeah. Right. So, and so here, here's the thing. This guy's a pretty high performer and he was all up in my grill and I got right back in his grill. I said, you know what? You've been doing that for as long as you can do that. And that's great. But that goal sucks because you know what? I'm an expert on goals and goal setting, goal achievement, execution. And I'm a, I'm a coach and I'm a leader and I'm, I'm a leadership coach and I'm an expert on all that shit. And I said, and you suck at it. And, and I don't even pretend to be good at what you're at. So you may want to listen. And he was, he was really angry with me. But, but what does he have to lose? That, that's well, that's the, the problem. Yeah. I, that's the thing I said. I said, you know what my only intention here is? Is to help you succeed. That's it. It's pride ego. It's pride and ego and people's fronts that they put up to, to have some kind of show. And, uh, and I, and, uh, you know, he was all, you know, he was pretty, um, he was like, pouting the rest of you know the rest of the time the whole rest of the time and i'm like well that was a shit show can we go and i said can we go to the next thing and yeah. we just went on and we moved forward and and i probably offended him and i didn't mean to um my intention but is did, to help him but you kind he's of not to, though i mean no i, I wanted mean, to like, teach him a lesson but sometimes to, uh, to wake people up you have to offend them we have to yeah you do something that shifts their paradigm to get them shaked you a have little to bit shock them i mean yeah. that's kind of about what is that kind of what our brand does right yeah. like yeah, it starts a conversation through something usually shocking, yeah. so that you have to think about it in a yeah. different way. I guess the term they use these days is woke. Oh my gosh, you have to get woke. Like Elizabeth Warren was woke. I just want to say woof to me. Woof. Like I said something, I guess cool or something. They're like woof. I'm like what? woof, like bow wow woof, like yeah, like, like a dog, like a dog, like bow wow wow, yippee yo, yippee yay, woof. Like 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 Jimmy Carter said that about George Washington. I'm like woof, woof. Wow, I would say Jimmy Carter was woke about George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I'm using Wide it in the right. I don't even know woke if woke in the middle of the night. Yeah, I don't even know if I'm using it in the I proper context because uh, I'm not hip and groovy these days. Because we don't study Urban Dictionary enough. We should. That's a great topic for a oh, podcast. Geez. Have you ever Urban... looked? At, have you ever looked up your name on Urban Dictionary? To My see name? what it means on Urban Dictionary? Yes, I have not. All names are on there. Well, that's a great for an Urban Dictionary. That's horrible. I looked up my name. It's not good. Brian. Just Brian. Is not a good name on Urban Dictionary. That's kind of, uh, man, now I got to look it up. That's right. Really we, we were doing this as uh, all of us adults in St. George one night. And oh my gosh. It was Jamie, like Urban. Jamie was just going off. Going off. And well, she was telling us, all of us, how basically big of idiots we were. So when I was in college, I had a teammate of mine um, who was a good friend named Johnny Porter. And his nickname for everybody was Worm. <laughs> He'd say, Worm, you're a worm. Out! Get out, Worm! <laughs> he would go into bars, get lit up a little bit, maybe get woke because of the alcohol, and he'd just start telling people to get out of the bar. Out! He's out. like, you're out! Get out! <laughs> it was super funny, right, but in, except for the people that were being told to get out. <laughs> get out tra- This tragedy. All right, here we go. Brian in the Urban Dictionary. One of the best guys you'll ever meet. He's the biggest dork with the biggest heart. And no matter what kind of mood or funk you're in, the always he always manages to lift you out of it just with his presence. Brian is easily the type of guy that you could see yourself spending the rest of your life with. He's loyal, sweet, hardworking, and kind beyond all measures. Brian is irreplaceable individual who makes more of an impact on people's lives than he knows of. If you have a Brian in your life, give him the absolute world because he deserves that and more. Well, that's not a slam. That's uh, dude, pretty good. On. So I'm like, I need to be a Brian. So like, <laughs> like in that, I need to be like, what's Sam in the urban dictionary? Should I do Sam or Samuel? 
Well, Samuel's my name. S-A-M-U-E-L. Samuel, as they say in the Europe, which you cannot come here to the United States for the next 30 days because <laughs> you are out. We've quarantined Europe. You're Gonzo. Out. Gonzo. Bye-bye now. We won the Re- Revolutionary War. Like, I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to start with Samuel. Samuel. Let's, let's bring it. <clears throat> See if I can get woke about my name. <laughs> woof. 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 I'm going to get woofed about woof. I think you say, you, you got to say woof with a, some kind woof. of woof, woof, woof. Like some kind of sound. Not a effect. bark, though. Not a bark. No, like, that's you, that's what University of Georgia fans do. They bark. They go like dog. They bark oh, like a dog. I think BYU fans do that too. Anyways, um, really? no. <laughs> they do a cougar yell. Too bad BYU didn't make it the West Coast Conference Championship. Don't care. All right. Um, Utah State won the Mountain West. No, though. Utah. Gonzaga. Utah State won the Mountain West. Oh, I thought Conference. you said West Coast. I was like West. No. Con- the Mountain Mountain West. Mountain West. Yeah. Yep. Samuel. As a person, he is remarkable, one of a kind. And even though Samuels can take can make mistakes in the past, they are humans, but they learn from them. Were we just not talking about this? Yes, we were. Their personality is great. They may be very shy and like to protect themselves, but they definitely love to have a good time and have a great sense of humor. They're usually athletic and have a great smile. And make the most cute slash attractive faces. Oh. As a friend, he would do anything to help. You in a problem, Samuel's great and will help. He never gives you bad advice. Ooh. They usually come from a great family. Uh, yeah, that's a weird. That's weird. Uh, who is non-judgmental and have good morals for themselves and their children. Okay, non-judgmental, yes. Um, the other things, no. And but- yours is way long. Really? Oh, there's tons of stuff in here. Wow. Well, he even talks about it in the bedroom, but I won't get in that. No, part. no, we don't need to do no, that. No, 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 no. But actually, I'm feeling pretty good about my name now. Yeah. I wouldn't even look up Sam. I just stick with that. Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Urban I'm Dictionary. Like, I'm like, I like that. Definition. Yeah, look up your names. Yeah. Brooks, Brooks. <laughs> I do remember Brooks. They said he's the guy from Michigan that drives an Eagle Talon that has his name on the license plate. Oh, that's fascinating. Brooks. Brooks, yeah. With the X. Yeah. So um, so it's funny because you say that about me um, because like when I found out that Hendrick had the tubes removed from his ears, I'm like, Kim, we need to call Brian and M, see if there's anything we can do for them because Hendrick had this little surgery and see what we can do. And then last night it was like, hmm, what can I do for my friend Brian who, you know, had this wonderful experience uh, with um, test drive, you know, it was... <sighs> Turned sideways, a little interesting. Cannot admit or deny anything. We have a pending criminal case right now exactly. from my test drive last night. Yeah, all I'm going to say is moder- Maseratis go very fast. <laughs> Twin turbo V8s can get going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the song Not comes to mind. Denying. Yeah, from the song comes to mind from the 1970s. My Maserati does 185. Mm. I lost my mm. license. Mm. Now I can't drive. Mm. Now I don't drive. <laughs> so anyway. I will say this, though. The cop was not nice. That's too bad. It is too bad, dude. You know what? You, you, can be, you can be a nice cop. You yeah. don't have to be an a-hole. No, you don't. Cops do not have to be a-hole. I wasn't, I, now, listen. If I was an a-hole first, okay. You're good, yeah. Okay. You got to take charge, whatever. Yeah. But you don't have to be an a-hole first. You don't. But I'll, to defend cops, you know, they spend every day in a war zone, and they're like, they have no idea what's going to hit them. They, I mean, they have PTSD. You're in a war zone every day. Well, not like cops are. But you know, do, come someone on, can Caseville, feel out Utah. on you. Well, I mean, Caseville, Utah. That's not a war zone. No. Okay, Compton. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, got it. Yeah, that's true. Okay, you can, yeah, you can have an attitude. So my son, Jacob, one time, was with some friends that rolled a pumpkin in front of a car. And they all got arrested. And they tried to arrest Jacob. And Jacob's like, I had nothing to do with this. So they... They made him go to like juvie court. Oh my God. So Kim was so furious. She went to every single parent, every single kid that was with him. And then they, they made him sign it. They, they, they wrote out, Jake had nothing to do with the pumpkin throwing incident on 200 North. Like, and she had him notarized and she took it to the judge. And she goes, my son had nothing to do with this. And this is bull crap. He doesn't need to do 80 hours of community service because these other kids, you know, threw a pumpkin in front of a car. And I'm like, like a small pumpkin. It was like one of those teeny pumpkins. Oh I'm like, oh my gosh, someone ran over a pumpkin and we're going to give these kids, like, we're going to bust them. I'm like, yeah, <clears throat> this, yeah this, I was doing way, I was doing, I was like doing way worse stuff when I was. I really thought I was getting arrested last night, but I didn't. So that was nice. I'm really glad. 
It was a blessing. It was a blessing. My gosh, I didn't get arrested. I've, I've been doing research on this cop though. Really? Him personally. But I'm not going to say anything on you. You shouldn't say it. No, no and I won't. No, you'll keep it all your powder dry. Uh, uh, no admitting or denying. No admitting or denying. <sighs> but you know, George Washington went to war. I can get neurotic, though. You can't. You, I would say you get you go into the rabbit hole deep sometimes. Yep. 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 Yeah. You you'll get like no, you'll get funky thing. You'll just like I ain't going to end. This is not. Gonna, I am not going to let go of this rope till it. Till it unwinds and unravels. Yep. So. No, not doing it. Not doing it. Anyways, George Washington. I didn't realize how tall he was for the time. Yeah, wasn't he like 6'2"? 6'2", 6'3", something like that. He like, was tall. He had yeah. no teeth. It was all wooden. John Adams' uh, sister, Abigail. Yeah. She wrote in a letter that he was like um, as beautiful as like God's temple. Ralph, who was a very handsome man. Oh, yeah. very And like tall. And oh, like, yeah. So it's mm. really cool. If you go into this bathroom here, I have a, I have a, I have a, 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 a lithograph that was signed by Arnold, Arnold Freiberg, who's a very mm-hmm. famous local artist. Yes. And he signed it, and it's and it's George Washington praying by his horse. Yeah, that's a very, it's very painting. cool. It's a very famous painting. Yes. I have a lithograph with his autograph on it, but it's framed. It's very, it reminded me that those guys in our founding, founding fathers, they went through, they went through a shit ton of. Here's the thing, though. I don't know if George Washington believed in God, at least at that point in his life, early on. I don't yeah, think he maybe. did. He but lost his dad at 11. Yeah, he probably believed in war. I mean, like fighting. And well, he believed in um, advancement. Right. Strategies. Self-control. Right. He's Learning from mistakes, maybe. Yeah, he. I, I can't remember what they said. Oh, in one of his early letters after he lost his first battle, he believed, he capitalized providence. He believed in providence, which is a kind of like a karma. kind of like, like predestination a, kind of thing? Or? Yeah, but not godlike. It's not from God. It's a providence is more of like a... Almost like a karma. Like, like you're meant to do certain things because of who you were and who you are. Yeah, and your mental state is right. not God-related. Oh, fat, fascinating. I want to know a time that you learned more about something by going through war instead of going to school. Oh, wow. So I will say that um, growing up in the kind of um, harsh reality that I grew up in, um, I found out... Um, uh, I ask questions early that most people don't ask until they're in their mid twenties or thirties. You know, why am I here? You know, what's um, what's my purpose in this life? What do I want to do with my life? I was doing that when I was eight and nine, That's which is good. like almost. It's like so. I've had therapists tell me like that is like superhuman. Like that's really to be that young, your brain be that underdeveloped and be that aware. Mm -hmm. And I think it, um, I think it, I was forced to be that way because I was forced to be an adult when I was eight. Like I was doing all the laundry for the whole family. I was cooking all the meals. I was babysitting my siblings and I was doing all the work when I was eight or nine. Did you know you were being uh, parenticized, I guess would be the word at eight. Or did you just think that was normal? No, I just, I, I just found myself just yearning to have a purpose. And then later when I was about 13, I'm like, oh, then I had the, like the aha moment, like, oh, they're a bunch of freaks. <laughs> like, like I had this aha moment through this experience. I talk about it in my orange duffel bag book, but, um, and then when I do speeches and stuff, I talk about it where I, I went out and I did this drug binge with, I was on the track team and, you know, I did this drug binge with my older stepbrother. He force feds me up, he feeds me all these drugs. And I was, I came home, slept for like three days. No one missed me. No one even cared. I was like one of those invisible kids along you know, long haired, dope smoking hippie kid, barely passing grade to grade. But I was really good on track, on the track team, running and throwing the shot, putting a discus. And, um, and, uh, after three days, went back to track practice and ran a warm up lap and collapsed in the dirt. Oof. And I, heaving for breath, I had this epiphany. Hmm. If you keep doing what your family's doing, you're going to be just like them. And, uh, they're miserable sons of bitches. And I'm like, Something deep in the recesses of my soul said, not like them. You don't have to be like them. You can be different. And on my hands and knees, heaving for breath in that dirt, I decided to be different. I decided to have a bold vision to to play in the NFL, to go to law school, to do all these kinds of amazing things with my life. And I went from D's and C's in school, and I was in special ed in eighth grade, in eighth grade, like special ed in in most of my classes. And I went from D's and C's barely passing grade to grade to a ninth grade. I was straight A's. 
I think I got one B in high school and I was just highly driven and the abuse and the weirdness at home. It was so uncomfortable at home. I just, I just put all my energy and effort to be somebody and something special. And, um, it changed who I was by the time I was 15, man, I was like, I was like, Katie bar the door, man. I'm, I'm going to make something out of my life. This is bullshit. <laughs> so I was highly driven very early in life. Um, this is anyway, not normal. I mean, it, yeah, it's um, always interesting to me that it was, so it was the war. Here's the thing. Yeah. It was the war. It was the opposition and it was right. the struggle that was like George Washington going to war. Now I never have been in the army or I've never been, I've never served com in war, but I've definitely, you know, been stabbed in a fight and I've been, had guns pointed at me at point blank range in my family. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I'm like, um, this is not, this is not normal. My older brother killed my dad's best friend. Um, I mean, the, so it was war in a sense that way, but, but, um, it wasn't like that, but when you're a child and you're exposed to that trauma, it's really, it really hurts your brain and your body. Um, so I would say that would be my, my version of war. And then I played football, which was really like war. And yeah. football has taught me most of the leadership lessons I've learned in my life has been taught to me by football. Well, it's interesting that we always have to have that moment where you are broken down physically. Like you, I can just picture you gasping for air where you have these moments of clarity. It's almost like you have to be so broken down physically sometimes to be able to listen. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's just where you're so humbled by your experiences you no longer have the answers and you seek for the answers outside yourself. But see, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I think you really do have to be, you have to reach that breaking point where you either decide one way or the other, like you were in the dirt and you decided not, you had the aha moment where you decided I'm not going to be this way. Some people might have that moment where they say, yeah, I'm screwed. Yeah. I'm going to give up. Yeah. So I would say that, um, Choice makes a big difference in your life. Positive choice. Yeah. I've been a, I've been a proponent of using your free will to the best of your advantage my whole life. And, uh, I think what, what, you know, you can have things that happen to you as that are bad, but I think you can always choose to respond to that in a way that is good. Um, most people don't understand that they don't understand the, the, the vastness and the complete power they have in their free will. And some people just are ignorant and they don't know. They, they just, they just think they're picked on from the beginning and they just play victim and they don't use the, the opposition to learn lessons to course correct so that they can get better. Um, and that's my whole orange duffel bag book is all about, it's kind of be better, not bitter, all that kind of stuff. And that's a, a huge platform that I have when I talk to youth and troubled youth and kids that are in foster care and yeah. kids that are, you know, high poverty. It's hard kids. making that choice though. It really is. It can be hard, but you know no, what? Here, I think it's hard in general. In my experience, I found that making a good choice when you have a bold vision or a long view in the future, that making choices is much easier. But if you don't have a purpose or a reason to exist or some kind of bold dream or vision, choices are much harder. They're much more ambiguous. But if you have some kind of point speaking of goals and gaps, mm -hmm. if you have some kind of future destination, some you're in a current state and you have some clarity around a future state that you want, then decisions and choices are far easier because the future state is what guides you in, in your, in your, in your decisions today. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that if you have that really clear in the long view, you can endure almost any up, up, ups and downs, you know, almost any trials and tragedies you can endure because you have this hope of a better future, this hope of a better thing. But you have to believe it. You do, because if you don't believe it, you won't you see it. And you won't see it. If you don't see it, you won't do it. And well, if you, you don't do it. Well, you have to be committed to it, though. Totally. Failure is not an option. choice all you want, but if you're not committed to it, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. So what's what's the where, where was war for you? You've had some interesting experiences in life. So I'm going to ask that same question on you. I think... The thing that always comes to my mind and I is, is sports. Sports is war. Like there are winners, there are losers. And your uh, deficiencies are pointed out very quickly. Really? Yeah. Yeah, your deficiencies. Like when you get your butt kicked? Or yes. It comes right out. Someone's you faster than you, stronger yeah. than you. It's there for everyone to watch. And you either decide to get better or you give up. It's that story you told last week about your dad. You being on this great AAU basketball team and you're a little 
younger, and the coach come to you after the season in the Florida tournament saying, okay, but Brian, if you want to play and be a part of this team next year, you're going to have to lose some weight. For, yep. for you, it was like, what? Like, it was like a yeah. complete realization for you. It was like a slap yeah. in the face, right? I got, I got parenticized on the issue of weight and fatness in fourth grade. Just in that fourth, issue. In fourth grade, right. right. Which, which was sort of war for you in fourth grade. <clears throat> Yeah, because you wanted to take something from me that I loved. Right. So that's war. That's a battle. That's a battle. That's a battle, man. And you know what? It's that opposition that makes us stronger. The str- Nietzsche, mm-hmm. who like I think he was a turn of like 18th century, like 19th century philosopher. Right. You know, Nietzsche said that which does not kill us makes us stronger. Right. I, I think sometimes that which does not kill us can destroy us. If you use yes. the wrong, if you use, if you don't have choice and you don't have bold vision, but really in reality, the more you go through, the more you're capable of going through, especially if, if you, you get on the other side. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm like, you have to believe that way. Otherwise, no, the, you will always find things. I, I struggle with this with one of my children. It's like everything. He always looks at things negatively. Everything, everything. Right. Half, em, half like, empty glass. Half right. empty. And you have to decide at some point in time, like you've said a million times, like I'm going to turn this into something positive and good. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, we have a uh, we have a, a, a house guest, a friend of the family, who's living here, who you're very familiar with. We love him with all our heart, but he's going through a massive shit show right now, going through divorce. He's been mm. married for four years, going through a divorce. It wasn't his decision. Is um, always, his, always I always struggle with that as a divorce attorney. That statement. Well, she's the one that he, I know. He but wanted like, to stay married to her. But here's my point, though. Just hear me out on Please, this. Please, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears, brother. <laughs> And I think in some cases that's true, your statement, but here's the problem I have in some cases, um, for, I'll I'll take my wife, for example, there's very little I have to do to keep her happy. And so as long as I'm keeping her happy, she ain't leaving. Right now there are mental illnesses. There are issues of abuse and Mm -hmm. other, Mm -hmm. other things, but sometimes I'm thinking, if the other person's uh, at some point in time, the other person thought they were happy with this person. Mm-hmm. So either we grow apart or we grow together. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it takes one, two, one and a half. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's culpability every single time. There's mm-hmm. culpability in both places. There you go. Yeah. But interesting. But, that's, but to end this point with this, this wonderful young man that we love. So chair, and he's like, he's suffering. He's just the kid's suffering. He's suffering and he's boohoo and just crying and just bleh and, He's bleeding his heart out. And I look at him. I said, I said his name. And then I said, I want to ask you a question. I want you to pay very close attention to what I'm going to ask you. Do I have you? Stop crying. Stop. Snot, clean the snot off your nose. Stop boohooing. And I said, how can this event be the best thing that's Ooh. ever happened to you in your life? That, because answering that question is the most important question you can answer right now. But and I said, extremely heavy at that point. It's that totally stage, heavy. At that stage, you're like F you. No, it, it, it took him about two weeks to even comprehend it. Yeah. And then, so what I had to do is say, okay, you can't answer that question right now. So get to damn work. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, simple. go get a job, get two jobs, make some money, get your school. And just like, I'm like, my counsel to you is your dear friend is the don't date anybody. Just get your shit together. The best thing you can do for you, you got to go through some healing you, and, but you got to get to work. If you don't, if you just stay around here and mope around, I can't have you stay in the house. Like you got to go, you got to go. I said, but if you're, as long as you're working, as you're getting, make, making a paycheck and saving up some money to get on your own, we're here for you. But the plan is to help you out short term. So you get on your own, but, um, that only comes with work. And so mm-hmm. he's trying to get a job. And, and then, and then I said, well, why don't you get two jobs? He's like, right. what? I said, yeah, two. you can wait tables. Three or four days a week, make an extra two, three hundred a month a week, probably twelve hundred a month. Like why not? Yeah. So guess what he did? He went to work. And I'm really proud of him, man. He found a really good job. He's doing really well in his job. He's making good money. He's happy. Like he's he's completely shifted away. Away from this kind of I'm victim, I'm sad, or whatever. And I'm really proud of the kind of um, you know, what's happened to him is bad. And but he had a part in it. Hmm. But, but his um, significant other, soon to be ex, would not own any part that she had in it. They, she just blamed him. And so he was devastated. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So in the end, you know, 
you have to clap your hands and say next. Just like That's get right. on, get over it. Just be, and you know yeah. what? I'm, and I and I I made a prediction. I said, listen, make yourself tremendously, incredibly successful. And the problem is, is this person that you think you love and you think that just kicked your ass to the curb, she's gonna come running back to you. Mm-hmm. And I said, and you're gonna be a fool if you consider. Be a fool for even taking the call. Yeah. And I said, and he, you know, it's funny because after that he, he called her and he said, I can't, I can no longer have any kind of communication with you whatsoever. Yep. And she was really upset because she wanted to be friends with him. Because she lost control. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly why. Yeah. In, in the psychological scheme yeah. of things, yeah. she totally lost control. And, yeah. As soon as people and, lose psychological control, they yeah. lose their minds. Yeah. That's what happened. So anyway, I'm proud of him. He's a good man, making good progress. What happened to him was it's bad. Rare. But it's took rare. him, well, I mean, he, you know, we had to coach him through it. No one's ever coached him through shit like that. I'm like, well, you know, I'm an expert on that because I've sort yeah. of been through a few things. And that would be interesting to have like people on here and have them tell us their problems. Oh, yeah. And then us be like, yeah, we're not counselors, but that's how we see it. Yeah. We have this whiteboard in our studio here. Wouldn't it be fun to bring p- people here and then whiteboard their problems? And oh. Wouldn't that be fun? That'd be totally bitching. Yeah. And then to have like a video on it, like, the whiteboard. Yeah. Yeah. Volunteers. Yeah. Please direct message us sir, if yes. you want to be a volunteer to like air your dirty laundry and then we'll have a whiteboard discussion mm-hmm. on the possible paths you can take. We'll change your name if you want. Yeah. We'll just use different people and stuff or yeah. we can use your own name. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever you want. Because we have problems too. Yeah. And we can have some wigs you can wear and we can like get, put dresses on oh, you. Know, like man, just, whatever. Whatever. You know, we can yeah, put some incense man. and women and men doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just get some incense going. We get some incense, some kind of Coke Zero, Mountain Dew Zero, Zero, Mountain Zero, Mountain Dew Zero. (sighs) That would be fun. Like that would be. What do you guys think? I mean, what do you think of that? Fun. I think it'd be fun. Just it's like the whiteboard, so we can do like a life karma coaching session, like a whiteboard coaching session. That would be some bitching stuff. That would be fun. I think that'd be really fun. I was just reading this quote out of the, the Motivation Manifesto. Then it goes right to what we've been talking about. Let us remember that all that we love of life can be accessed only now. Oh, yeah. That's the concept of being mindful or present. Right, but we only have that now. Yeah, we don't have it tomorrow. No. We we have that today. That sounds like it's a stoic thing. This is the meditations um, of Marcus Aurelius. This is some trippy shit right here. He's a stud. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But anyway, I've been reading that. This is an obvious book on F Yourself, which is fascinating. My friend Michael Simpson just finished his book. I'm going to give him a plug. Um, uh, He's a dear friend of mine, one of the best executive coaches on the planet Earth. It's a forward by Marshall Goldsmith. So he's a very well thought, a very, um, very impressive thought leader in the world. Um, This book by Michael Simpson is Powerful Leadership Through Coaching. Principles, practices, and tools for every for leaders and managers at every level. Michael K. Simpson. It's made by uh, the publishers Wiley, and I'm telling you, Michael is my executive coach, and um, he is just one of the most incredible people I've ever met. And you'd be you'd be well to buy his book and to uh, learn lessons from the great Miguel Simpson. Why doesn't he come on one time and tell us? You know what? I'm going to have. I've been I've been on his podcast before, and I think I need to have him as a guest in our on our podcast. Because right now I only read Sam Bragg and stuff. Yeah, well, I'm a prolific thumb leader. Yeah, so like whatever. (laughs) Like screw Caesar and Sam. That's about it. Yeah. Profound thought leadership. Like yeah. Caesar's inventing the yeah. calendar and Sam's I, like motivating me to do something. Yeah. With I that. like this gritty, gritty collegiate thought leadership is sort of my, my brand. Well, you know, anyway, interesting. Just, you know, well, I've, always, I've thought about that before. It's like, what is our personal brand? It, if every person thought about what, what would my brand be? Yeah. Your brand is your collective behavior. Right. But like, if you were honest with yourself, that's a hard thing to like be honest with yourself about. Yeah. Do you know that? Um, like I'm a creator of chaos. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a chaos creator, but you, ma- you um, benefit from that chaos. Yeah. And I create it though. I mean, think about that. Yeah. Well, you create it to stimulate thinking. Like you love, like that incident last night sort of rocked your world a little bit. And Kim's mm-hmm. like, I don't get it. I'm like, that's because you don't understand the great BA, Brian Elliott Arnold, mm-hmm. who is fascinated by those kinds of things. I love it. Did you find out? I don't know. Yeah, I love those situations because you find out so much. Yes, you. Yes, you find you out do. so much about somebody, about the law, about 
yeah. interaction, about human nature, about everything. Yeah, when people are pressed, you really find out their yes. true nature. How, how, that's a cool, I mean, that's an interesting principle. When people are under pressure and they're pressed. Who are they? Yeah, you find out about their true nature, their character, their self-control, whether they're honest or whether they're thieving bastards or whether they, whether they do what they say and say what they do. Mm -hmm. um, and the worse things get, the more there's cracks in character. Yeah. You know, one thing I've always noticed in court is I've had clients and other people say to me, um, the other attorney gets fired up or yells or whatever, and you're always calm and intelligent and it comes across way better. And I'm like, yeah, because I feel like if you're screaming something, some you're being threatened. Like yeah. you're trying to mask it. Yeah, I think I think there's a difference between that and being passionate, passionately defending somebody. Yeah, but is the law a place to be passionate? I mean, I'm not, I don't have a jury. Oh, if you don't have a jury, then I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, when you have a jury, you definitely got to be passionate. You to, almost have to be an actor. Yeah, no, you are an actor. You are an actor. Yeah, you have to be passionate to the issue. Right. Otherwise, they're not going to listen. They're, gonna, they're not going to think it's important. Yeah. So I would say if there's one really good, um, one good thing I have besides being really transparent and authentic in my keynote speeches, um, I'm passionate, and and uh, um, it it really impacts people. It can to backfire be, too. It can. So and that's to know your audience. So what I try to do is when I do these things, I don't. I try to know my audience so that I know where to put my energy, so I'm not being completely vulnerable and weird for people that are like bankers that wear gray suits that only look at financial, you know, financial mm -hmm. statements, mm -hmm. then I'm just going to make everything like in categories and data. And then I'm going to use, <laughs> I'm going to use all this data and processes and stuff. I'll talk that way. But you know what I'm really interested to find out during this virus situation is what happens to the luxury brands. Oh yeah. Because like, they are bought mostly by Chinese and Japanese people. Yeah. So I heard today that China's starting to come back, like manufacturing is getting back online. The, the, the coronavirus is getting flatter there. It went out of control. Um, and it's getting flatter. It's coming back online. So we're probably six weeks away from any kind of normalization. But how do we know that with China? I feel like, you know, non-democratic government. Yeah, they're not, they didn't even let the WHO everywhere they needed to be. No, it's, it's, um, that's cause yeah. The, and, and I heard another conspiracy they blame the United States for the coronavirus. They said that it's mm -hmm. our fault. Yeah. Everything's our fault. So it's a dictator. Yeah, it's, all the money in the world. You're welcome. Yeah. It's a dictatorship. Um, that is pretty weird. But I was thinking about today. Is there not a better country to be in though? If we had to shut down our borders, we are very self-sustaining. Oh yeah. And, and you know what this whole thing has done from our, my perspective, it's like, we really got to reduce our foreign dependence. I don't even think we have that much anymore. Well, 90% of our antibiotics are made in China. Okay, well, that's a problem. But what I'm saying is we have the capability to do it here. Right, we do. Like, we can pull our supply chain back and do it here. A lot of, com a lot of countries can't. And that would create a ton of jobs. Oh, absolutely. It'd really help us. It'd hurt the world. It hurt. It hurt. I don't it think would Trump hurt the, cares about the world. He doesn't. And the markets, you know, are, are getting hit pretty hard because... Trump's trying to make, help us. And, you know, he really is less concerned about the markets in the world. And I, he's more concerned about Americans, which. Well, past presidents would try and wait until China or whatever can get back on board and not even look at the self-sufficiency that we yeah. could do. Yeah. And therefore, that hurts our market, I think, yeah. even worse. Yeah. And I know there's fans of President Trump and there's people that hate him. But and we're not we're not. This no, is not a political no. show. But um, I think right now. Um, if you look at what's going on in the economy, we're really gripped by fear and it's really out of control. And uh, we wanted to spend a few minutes talking about the power, the power of fear. fear. Like fear, of fear can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. It, it can be a bad thing in the sense of all the toilet paper is gone. It is gone. Except, except at Winco. If you need toilet paper, go to Winco. If you Winco. need, hmm. I know Kim's like, it's all out at Walmart. It's all out at Costco. It's out everywhere. Smith's it's out at Winco. They have plenty of toilet paper. And I'm like, and they have plenty of wipes and they have plenty of everything. And they only accept debit cards and cash. Yeah. And it's like, I'm like, okay, go Winco. Because owned by our employees. Yes. And we don't want to pay those fees. No, go Winco. Go or, Winco. Or you could be Emily and get a bidet installed in your house. Did she do that? Yes. Then you have much less reduction of... No toilet paper. No toilet paper. That's actually better for the environment. Better for the environment and you get clean little bottom there. <laughs> With warm air. You know, with a little, I don't even know how that's done, Bode. I, like I looked on Amazon, you can buy yeah. them for like a hundred bucks, but 
that probably would not work. I would imagine you want a plumber to do that whole bidet thing. Well, this one is actually made by the same people that made our toilet. Uh huh. So it's just it's like hooks onto the toilet. They made it so it perfectly. Oh, works. so it's like oh, very good. Have you tried it out yet? Toto. Have you tried the bodet out there, Brian? No. We just barely, Emily just had the electrician over to put a plug next to our toilet because you're going to need that for the bidet. And because it blows warm air after it cleans your butt with oh. warm water. <laughs> you know what? I am, I'm just really jonesing to use the restroom at your house. Everyone will be. Oh, yeah, because I want a warm bottom after I take Beer care of the has business. has caused my, my bottom to get cleaned by warm water and warm air. Yeah, see the power of fear. The power of fear. Yeah. Power of fear. So mo- when when yeah, is power when is fear a good thing and when is fear a bad thing? Fear is a it's a, it's a good thing when it takes you to positive steps that are actually helping your life. Like for example, fear of I wasn't going to be on the basketball team anymore. Right. So you lost weight. So you I lose weight and I changed my mind frame, self control. Yeah. yeah. When's fear a bad thing? When you crawl into a hole, and you use well, it's the it's the. It's the stress response. So the right. stress response, you know, you have, you're tuning, you're tuning along in homeostasis. You have some kind of thing that's a perceived threat. Rattlesnake comes out of the bushes. Right. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get bit by a rattlesnake. So what happens is you either freeze, you flee, or you fight. Right. And, um, and people, different people do different things. And, and, and then what happens is in that stress response, you, your heart rate goes up, your cortisol goes up, your blood pressure goes up. You know, your, your, your hunger, your sex drive goes down, your hunger goes down. You don't have the pain receptors on your skin as much as you normally do because you're in survival mode. And when you have this burst of energy, when you have that stress response, it lasts for about 20 seconds. That's it. Mm. It lasts for 20 seconds and it's meant to just take you to safety. That's all it is. It's a primal, primal thing that helps make you to safety. The problem is that stress response, um, which hits at a perceived perceived threat it hits and then it then it settles and you and you within you know a short period of time you're back into homeostasis now i wrote this book called unwind with dr michael open and he that book yeah he talks about the bear you know he goes you're tuning along in prehistoric life and you're cooking you're cooking a pig on the the thing and some bear gets a sniff of it half the guys get spears and the other half the guys you know they they run away and uh it's all about whether you're going to kill the bear or not but but the problem with that is that that is healthy and that is, that's what we're meant to go through. It's a natural part of life. Stress response, your homeostasis, perceived threat, because there's danger, you have a stress response, then you move back to homeostasis. Right. The problem is in our day and age, stress response is happening constantly. Mm, that's right? true. So you're, you're driving, you know, the markets were down today. The futures are down tonight. So like the stress response is cooking. Right. And it's called chronic stress. So you stress is good stress. That's the kind of stress that really helps you. Dr. Mike talks about this a lot. Uh, chronic stress is bad stress. That's the kind of stress that kills you. That means you, you, you are having so, so many stress responses that you are, you're, you're never coming back to homeostasis and you're in this, you're in this continued state of chronic stress where your heart rate's up, your blood pressure's up, your cortisol levels are up. Everything's all up. And that kills you. That causes cancer. That causes aneurysms and strokes. And it just kills you. And uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, and fear. So fear, not dealing with fear appropriately can really shorten your life. But do you think our bodies will adapt to that, though, eventually because it is the norm? Well, I think you can get used to chronic stress. But I think your body, I think your body is not meant to have chronic stress. Well, I think you no. need times where you're, think about what happened to you in Hawaii a month ago. Mm-hmm. You just completely were, you were just completely in heaven In heaven, and you were in a state of homeostasis and you had no stress, none. Felt good. You know, and you had great enlightenment, great understanding. You had some insight, you had some good business ideas and you had some clarity, right? But when you came back and you're, and you're just like, you're in court here and you're court there and you have like these, I mean, you're, you were telling me some ridiculous amount of hours your first two months back was just, had just been un- just unbelievable well that 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 is um that's going to put you naturally in a state of chronic stress so things like yoga things like consistent exercise meditation prayer um, those kinds of things can really help you get back to homeostasis and if you're just getting up early and go to bed late and working then you know you're probably not going as a, over time you're probably going to be unhealthy that it's probably going to lead to some breakdowns no there's definitely going to be breakdowns but this whole this whole thing comes out of fear. 
Like it all comes out of fear and it's the perceived, it's the perceived th fear, right? So, so that response, here's, here's the last thing I'll say about this. And this is all, by the way, this is Dr. Mike opens content and he's fabulous at this. Love my friend, Dr. Mike. And what he says, it's the perceived threat. That's the big deal, right? And he always asks people, when's the last time you felt the stress response? And they'll say like, well, yesterday or like this today at lunch or whatever. He goes, and then he says, when's the last time you were truly in danger of dying? Right. Did you die? Did you die? When did you die? When's the last time you were in danger of dying? Like really dying? And they go, well, maybe two years ago when I was going through this traffic spot and, you know, and a, someone barely, well, you had a real bad wreck. Remember yep. two years yep. ago? Uh, you, you wrecked your Mercedes and then, yep. got, and then that got you a G-Wagon. Yep. <laughs> but, um, positive thinking. Positive thinking. But, um, but, um, but it's like once every two years, I mean, like rarely do people, you know, are in a position where they're, they're going to threaten to lose their life, right. but frequently they have a stress response. The stress response was put in our genetic code to keep us alive and keep us alive only. That's this only purpose. And when we use it every single day, that's what wears us out. That's chronic mm -hmm. stress. So that's my, Jeez. if you want more information on that, that unwind seven up. principles for a stress-free life. Book. You so, can get it. last thing I want to end with here. Okay. <laughs> kind of a funny thing. Please. <laughs> I'll start. But tell me one person that would be sad if they caught the virus. I'll start. Okay. Well, it's sad that everyone gets it, but like yeah. this person, I'd be like heartbroken. Kim Kardashian. She's so beautiful. She is beautiful, but <laughs> if she caught the virus... She'd be unlikely to die because it's it affects old people, young people like Kim Kardashian. Know, but she's but not going to be like it's not going to be a problem for I still her. Would be sad, feel bad for her. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd be sad if my my mother, oh, geez. my mother-in-law Pat, if she it's got supposed it. to be funny. Oh, okay. So let me do this. Jeez, yo, oh, you always then you have to be like nice and perfect, and then I'm like Kim Kardashian. You're like my mother-in-law. <laughs> Thanks a lot, okay. Sam. Who would you be happy with? Okay, let me do this. I'd be so sad if Kim got that virus. My wife? Yes. I would be so sad, sad. But she would, she'd be, she, it wouldn't affect her. She's like a freak in nature. You, you went too many steps ahead, though. Like, you just, okay, let's put it this way. Who would you like to see to get the virus? Like, on purpose? Yeah. Yep, on purpose. Yeah. I would like for the dictator of China to get the coronavirus. I was going to say North Korea. Yeah. Kim Jong-un. He has too many Twinkies. Yeah. <laughs> so Can we inject evil, evil leaders that are old. Evil leaders that are old. I'd like them to get the virus. Because <clears throat> then, you know. But that might destabilize all of the... Not North Korea. Orient. Well, North Korea is just... They, they produce nothing. Well, they can... Yeah. Or what do they do for us? Well, they... They, they kill their own people. Yeah, it's that's not bad. good. Things are bad there. Things are really bad there. Really, really bad. I don't think we. I don't think any of us truly understand the freedoms we enjoy. Maybe Dennis Robin. Robin knows more about it than we do because he goes there all the time. Yeah, and I guarantee he ain't doing. He ain't living like all the other people there. Oh, absolutely not. He's like the celebrity of celebrity. I was watching a dunk contest in Japan, and these guys were just going up and dunking it like a regular dunk. We. We do better dunks in high school, junior high basketball. Were they game. on like an eight foot goal? No, they're on 10 foot, but it's white dudes from the U.S. that play college here and they're just going up and dunking it, getting like nines and tens. Oh my gosh. Like they're not even doing like under your leg, whoop, no. you do reverse mm -hmm. slam, double nope. whammy. Nope. <laughs> I'm just like, y'all don't Like jumping know. their buddy, jumping their buddy on the foul line over their head and then slamming it. This dunk like, contest this year was amazing. Oh yeah. Did you watch that? It was, it was unbelievable. Aaron Gorn got robbed. Yeah. Don't care what anybody says. He got robbed. Yeah. Well, there's no going to be no dunk, dunk contest. I mean, contests are over. The All-Star game season's canceled because. As of today. Yeah. Because the Utah Jazz guy. Jeff was. Bezos will probably figure this all out. He's probably got something going already. Well, you know, he is really Bill rich. Gates. Bill Gates. All of them. Yeah. I bet, I bet Apple has something written in their code. They've already figured it out. Yeah. So what kind of wisdom can we leave people with today? Don't ask, don't ask Sam who he'd be sad about the virus getting because then he'll just well I guess it would be real it'd be tragic it'd be tragic if Kim Kardashian got the virus <laughs> you know what Kim my, you know what my daughter Hannah told me what Drake has the virus 
The rapper? The Drake the rapper yeah. has coronavirus. Yeah. That's what she said. I don't think that's true. Okay. Well, I don't know where she got that info, but I'd like to know if that's true. I'm that gonna, would be sad. You'd be sad about that. He's sad. I like his music. Yeah, I know. Yeah, a I lot. Like, you like the Drake a lot. Yeah, he's just smart. He is smart. Like he gets both sides. Yeah, I like Post Malone. Even though I'm an old man, Post Malone has a very groovy hip. You know, he does this kind of fusion of stuff that's like really sick, really just great. Seems he knows how to relax. Yeah. You know, and he seems like sort of a bitching dude. He actually lives here in Utah. We like the Post here. I don't know why he's not on our podcast. You know what? It'd be great for him and his posse to come here. Post Malone, if you're listening. Anytime, bro. We think you're awesome. Just come to our, our studio and we could do a whiteboard exercise with you. And oh, see what's going on. That whiteboard exercise. Oh, my gosh. That would be so sick. And we could just intro and outro his music. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get his permission. We'd have to have somebody in here like uh, giving him a tattoo. Why are we doing it? Oh, yeah, we'd have to, there'd have to be some alternative reason for him to come here. Some kind of. Yeah, to make us look like fools, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the thing I is, we're, like, we wouldn't even notice. I thought what he did with Ozzy Osbourne, that fusion of like that 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 cut the release he did a few months ago was like it was the most creative thing in music to hit um, to hit popular music in years. That was that cool. His album was perfect. It was just really. Good. It was really from from track one all the way down. It was perfect. It was like really even good. the way that they lined up. Yeah, that's really hard. You know, I've been an executive producer on five <laughs> records, and it's really hard to make a good record. Like really hard. I can only imagine. Really hard. And uh man, he did it well. So congrats to you, bro. Yeah, man. Should we go out with him or just we go out with hedges? I don't care what we go out with. I'm gonna like, go out with talks about like right? Drake. Drake and alone. But let's just go out with what we came yeah, in. That's fine with me. With Michael Hedges. Peace he's, out. He's very very cool. So we're gonna go with this. Man. You just feel, you can feel, and I know everyone feels something different, but you can feel this. You can. Maybe if you listen to this, you wouldn't be all stressed out and lose all your money in the stock exchange or, or have marbles. chronic stress or just stop whatever. Looking. Stop well, you, looking. Stop it. Or see it as an opportunity you, and put more you, money in. Yeah, you can. You can go to school or you can go to war. Go to war and or go to school. Yeah. yeah. Washington went to war. He went to war, and we're better off for it. So, Peace out. Yeah, peace out. Life karma out. May you inherit what you produce. Hit our website. Later. Later.